Hi, this is Jay Sunhalter, ESPN3 analyst and former Pirate football tight end. And you're listening to the Sports Objective Podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Pirates. Welcome in to the Pirate Football Playback. I am Dave Richmond along with Kyle from LaGrange. Barbara, how are you, man? Good on Dave. Bubba, how are y'all? Hey, Bubba. What's up, dude? Not much. Enjoying a beautiful Sunday afternoon at the baseball field on Riley's tryout that he had just finished. Uh, so nice afternoon, uh, very much like it was yesterday, um, minus the game at Dowdy Ficklin. No doubt about it. Pirates go down 38-21. to 21. Uh, One of the things, gentlemen, that I want to mention to you before we break down the game is the very fact if anybody don't go in the panic room, we, Kyle, you were spot on, my friend, like a lot of times. You didn't like the matchup, and the more I listened to you, I started thinking about that defensive line for Tulane, both sides of the ball, the offensive line, and they really dominated. And Coach Houston talks about that all the time, about, and he's right. I mean, that's fundamentals of football is the line play, and we've just got to be patient to get, as I know Coach Logan used to talk about, there's no defensive linemen that are growing on trees. So the same thing can be applied for offensive line. We're going to have to give them time to develop those the line on both sides of the ball. Yeah, um, Tulane probably has the best defensive line in the league. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Cincinnati's defense, their whole damn – Cincinnati's whole yeah. damn defense is nasty. Um, but maybe maybe just defensive line only. Tulane's might be a hair better. Um, but it's they certainly got a couple of NFL caliber guys on there. It was, it was not a good matchup, um, what they like to do defensively and what we like to do offensively. We played right into their hands and um, didn't execute. And one thing we've seen, you know, so far, and, you know, I don't know if it's just the offense or if it can be put on the O-line, how much of it is holding. When you take the running game away from this offense, it is this year, it's just there is no offense. Holton. You know, I think that has a lot to do with the O-line. Yep. Holton, Holton is effective when we can run the ball. When you take that running game away and you can put pressure on him, the O-line can't pass block. There's no run game. He can't go light it up and just and just pass the ball downfield right. and hit these receivers, and that's 90% on the O-line. And uh, it, we were exposed a little bit yesterday. Um, that's the bad part. Of, that's the worst part about the game to me. Is I, I think we were exposed a little. The good news is, Outside of Cincinnati, um, I don't think there's anybody left on our schedule that can do what Tulane did yesterday defensively, um, even though we were exposed. Uh, I think uh, uh, that's the good news. Um, the bad news is um, we got to play Cincinnati next. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, well, you know, guys, I was thinking about this morning, uh, getting ready for the show, um, but. Our good friend, uh, one of the regular contributors on the on the show, Terry Gallagher, former wide receiver, the Pat Dyer, uh, he made a really good point. He said it several times. We've got COVID has been so crazy. We're not going to blame COVID on this football program and the team. However, 
this is like a really long spring football where you have guys that are given an extra year of eligibility. And one of the things that it's going to be six straight years of um, six straight losing seasons for this program. However, it's not what we have to take into context. Um, and I have to remind myself as bad as I want to win and as bad as I want this program and my school monitor to be successful again, we have to remember how much of a hole this um, this program is in. And I know nobody wants to hear that. We want in the society we want, we want it having our way by Burger King, like right now, microwave it. But the problem is you think about 54 new players on the team. You think about the offensive line. Those guys are hurt. You got new guys coming in and you guys know you're the football experts. That offensive defensive line, the chemistry has got to be there. And I guys, think- you brought up something, Dave. When is the last time we had six straight losing seasons? Because I was just thinking back to the 80s. Yeah. We had a winning season in 83, then 84, 85, 86, 87, 88. I believe in 89, we went six and five. So uh, that was five straight losing seasons. When in the uh, hell did we have six straight losing seasons? It would have to be. 89 was five and six. I think. Um, yeah, what, 90 was six and five. Okay. Well, yeah. well, there was actually five, five and one. We had a forfeit from, from uh, Louisiana Tech, a game that we tied. Okay. But we, uh, but it's so this so is the first time since the 84th to, to, to 1990 that we've had six straight losing. Yeah. And, and another thing, too, with that era, there was a gentleman uh, for the Cleveland Browns. We'll talk about that when we have time. Uh, there was two scouts yesterday looking at Verity. Uh, they were looking at um, what was the 75 on the offensive line, the senior. They're looking at him for the Pirates, those two. And there was another um, Tulane player that they were looking at that's hurt right now. But they even told me about Holt Naylor's. But anyway. Uh, it's Sean Bailey, right? Sean Bailey. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Bubba. Sean Bailey. I was drawing a blank. Sean Bailey. They weren't oh. looking at Patrick Johnson for Tulane? They were. Well, that's another one they were looking Yeah, Patrick Johnson was one of them. But um, there was one player that was hurt. Uh, they were talking about, but anyway, they, um, the, the thing is, is that he was talking about, the reason I brought that up was the fact that uh, he was talking about Art Baker and that, you know, how we had the air rate, you know, like the, his offense that Art Baker had, he said he was a big fan of East Carolina going all the way back to Art Baker. And, uh, it, and I told him, I said, you know, the funny thing is with Art Baker is guys, can you imagine if we had that schedule now where it was murder's row, uh, Penn state, Florida state, uh, well, Florida state, we might have a chance at this year, but, uh, Miami, all those really hard independent schools back in the day, um, that would be an unbelievable schedule you'd have to deal with. Furthermore, if you look at the fact that I was telling a, one of my broadcasting friends, he said, what's happened to the Pirates? I said, they took away some games, including you, you have to feel like that, no offense to the folks at Norfolk State, but uh, you'd have to feel like Norfolk State was a winnable game. And then if you look at the Navy game and you look at the – the uh, game last week where we got robbed with Tulsa, there's there's uh, there's three winnable games right there. So that would be four wins we'd have on the – or three – at least three or four wins on the schedule already, and we have one. So uh, no excuses. But, again, um, for people that are casual fans that don't know anything about football, they're Pirate fans, you're just going to have to be patient. And um, it's unfortunate. We thought that – you know that things may turn around, and game by game, the good thing is. Well, I think- the, pro- the problem is, Dave, that it's, it's, it's we didn't win the Navy game because of the quarterback situation, and then yeah. we were blatantly yeah. robbed out of the Tulsa game. And if if you get those two games, for all intents and purposes, we should have. We'd be three and three, 
and, and, and you look at the remaining schedule and you go, all right, well, we should be able to beat Temple, and that'd be four. And then you go, you know, even if you don't upset SMU or Cincinnati, then you, you, you add a winnable game on the fifth, and now you got a five-win season. And, and well, you finish and you, the season, you finish the season five and five. And you but, drop, I was saying that Nor- Norfolk State is another game that we, we should have won. Right, but I'm talking about just how yeah. the schedule is. I, mean, I understand. I'm just saying that the people that are. We have losses to South Carolina and, and Marshall, probably. That's okay. I know. I mean, I wasn't counting those as wins anyway, but I'm just saying as far as a win total, we would have more wins on the win column compared to what we have now. Well, we should anyway, just based on the schedule. We should we should be yeah. three and three right now, but we're not. It's and, okay. Uh, and, and, and you know, what we got to do, look, you, you can't finish one and eight. You, you can't do that. And uh, uh, I'm, you know, and, and Temple's a winnable game, but we might not win it. I mean, it's Temple's going Temple's to look at East Carolina and go, that's a winnable game, too. I right. think SMU is a game that we match up well in, just like we didn't match up well this week. So that's a game that we could potentially pull an upset in, particularly Thanksgiving weekend, long trip from Dallas to Greenville. Um, so, you know, who knows? Um, but you know, I'd like to see us add a game for the fifth, an easy win, so to speak. Um, I know Gilbert has said, left that on the table that he is willing to do that. Um, I I don't think we can do it officially until the week of the SMU game to make sure we don't have to make up any of these couple of games. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if you do that, you don't want to. You don't want to perceive as going backwards. And I think at worst, if you go to if you go two and eight, you can look at it and go, well, we we're kind of where we were last year because we played, you know, less games. So, um, and that, that's it's a tri- you're getting into a tricky situation in terms of perception now. With one win, that's what I'm trying to say. That that was the shame of not winning the two. We we, we should have won, and um, a lot of people thought we were going to just roll yesterday. I kind of thought yesterday was going to be a tougher matchup for us in Tulsa, um, and it was. And uh, I, you know, like I said, now we're, we we, we kind of put ourselves in a bad situation because now we got to roll into Cincinnati, and in all likelihood, Cincinnati's going to whip our ass. Well, um, yeah, you look at the situation. Look at that very situation, Kyle. And Bob, you look at the situation. Our mindset is that we're a winning program, right? That's what we've always been. Um, the problem is Tulane used to not be a winning program, at least on a regular basis. Now they have a coach that's built the program. Same thing you're talking about Cincinnati. Luke Fickle has come in there and done a nice job recruiting our friend Chad Rendell. Uh, we've talked to him a lot about that. And uh, being an Ohio State guy, he knows talent, he knows the state. Um, that guy right there, you look at Luke Fickle, I'm telling you, he's going to be, um, I hate to use the term power five, but he's probably the next guy that will be robbed out of the league, I think. Um, We've already, already turned down Michigan State. So. Well, yeah. Yeah, I wonder, you know, I, I wonder what job he is holding on for. I mean, I, I – Ohio State? Know, I ain't coming up anytime soon. Um, I doubt it. I, I don't know. Maybe he's content staying to Cincinnati. Uh, uh, do, you know, you wonder – you wonder if Michigan people get sick of Harbaugh, if they would dare, would they dare offer an Ohio State guy? Well, he would know how to beat Ohio State, right? Yeah, you would think. <laughs> that's your program. I mean, that sounds crazy, but it's been many times that's happened where uh, you, you hire a guy that knows that program very well. And, um, you know, they're paying 
Speaking of Harbaugh really quick, they're paying Harbaugh a lot of money. I'm not, I like Harbaugh, but they're paying that guy a lot of money. And uh, they, they're, they're another program that's got a rich tradition that's living off their name. And they can't, how many, how many games in a row they've lost to um, Ohio State? For, I mean, it's a number. Hey, and even, even more than that, as frustrating as that is to them, uh, for sure, because it, it got, uh, when the roll was on the other foot, or on, you know, the shoes on their foot, so to speak. <laughs> hey, stop stop laughing at me. I'm driving. I'm... I like it when my biscuit's on my head. Hey, but it, but anyway, my, my point is, John, John Cooper got his butt fired for not being able to beat Michigan. And the same thing could happen to Harbaugh. And, um, you know, they had, had, they had had so much success under Harbaugh outside of Ohio State and Michigan State, but that's a big part of it when you're coaching at Michigan, uh, and they hadn't lost to Indiana in 24 years. Yeah, Indiana doing some big things this year, uh, beating Penn State. Of course, of course I, I don't know. <laughs> Penn State lost to Maryland yesterday. So I don't know what the hell's going on in Happy Valley. Uh, it's uh, Big Ten's a mess. University of Moe's got, the University of Moe's got two wins, right? Back-to-back. Yeah, so they're due for one more. <laughs> the three and well, what, how many games are they playing in? Uh, the, I six? believe up nine or ten. Okay, they are doing the nine. Yeah, they uh, guys. We got to talk to more about the pirate game. We'll talk in the in a little while about uh, the games yesterday. Some great games in college football. If you're a pirate fan, we'll talk about that, and just a college football fan in general. But. Uh, going back to our game with Tulane, uh, we've got to understand where our program is and understand that programs that haven't had the history like Tulane, like you're talking about, they've surpassed it. So the only way that we can do this thing is be patient. Another thing I want to bring up, gentlemen, and what I want you all to help me out with is um, finally the uh, the administration. I give them credit where credit's due. When I'm happy with them, I, be, I say it when I'm not happy. They finally did the We Believe campaign, gentlemen. Uh, what was that Thursday or Friday they came up with it? Yeah, I believe it was released. Yeah, yeah Thursday or Friday. I'm having trouble remembering which that was now myself. But um, finally that campaign, we've needed that campaign for over a year, but better late than never. And um, I want Pirate Nation to start giving that. You call, um, it's uh, seven, let's see. We did uh, it's a number uh, for a Pirate Club. I'll get it in a second. But anyway, call the Pirate Club. And give give your donation to the We Believe campaign. It doesn't count for your Pirate Club donation, but fifty dollars here and a hundred dollars there, I will do that. And by the way, Kyle, I've got another idea for you. I found we found out last week, which we thought there's a good chance they haven't officially announced it for basketball. No fans are going to be allowed this year. Uh, it looks like so. I have an idea, Kyle. I'm sure. gonna buy. I'm going to buy, um, I, I want, and I'll be the first one to give the money, um, but let's have cardboard cutouts of Cal from LaGrange, Bubba, me, uh, maybe we can get the kids, but charge, App State did that for football, $100, $150 a piece. It may not be a lot, but uh, you know, people will tune in to see the cut. Hey, I was on TV. There's Kyle from LaGrange. Well, I mean, it's pretty simple. Look, we believe thing. I, I haven't read it, but uh, if, if, if I'm John Gilbert, I just get out there and and tell it like it is. Look, man, COVID's, need you. T- t- COVID's ravaged our program. We were struggling financially before because of poor decisions. Right. And, uh, and, and, and you know, well, poor decisions because that's contributed to what us having losing seasons. 
the, right, the, right. the, the poor decision for uh, uh, overspending on Town Back Tower. And now COVID's came in at the worst possible time. And if you give a shit about East Carolina athletics, if you care about pirate football, if you care about pirate basketball, pirate baseball, East Carolina in general, and you want to see us continue to try to compete at the highest level, uh, you know, we need you down. We need you to right. give. Give what you can, whether it's, you know, I, I don't know what, what donations they're asking for, if it's a dollar. Uh, they'll take whatever you can give, believe me. I didn't see a dollar. Huh? I glanced at it. I'll look at it again. When you uh, to me, I, I don't know the uh, – I haven't seen the breakdown that they're asking for. Yeah. I didn't see it in the thing. But I'm but, sure they're going to take whatever you give them. So if you yeah. hang up $5, I'm sure they'll take it. So hey. give, what, give what you can. Um, right. right now we're in survival mode. And uh, right. we don't need to sugarcoat it. need to put it like it is. We don't have Power 5 money. Um, right. And there's a lot of money at the university, and I do think that that's something that needs to be looked at, that uh, right now, you know, certain certain money can't be given to athletics. Uh, from the university if you're part of the UNC system. And I think that that's something that needs to be looked at during this pandemic. You're you're exact. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I was going to talk about the other night. I forgot. But um, you make a great point, and I thought about it on Thursday. But if you look at – I've said this before. It's a tale of two cities, okay? And it's because of that stupid rule by the General Assembly – we need to change that. I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican. Even if it's just temporary. Even if it's just temporary. I want it all the time. I want it all the time. I'll tell you why. Well, I, I agree with you, but I would take it just temporary over the next four Well, yeah, months. it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. Yeah. But what I'm saying, you look at the drive up and down, if you're a Pirate fan, drive up and down 10th Street. You see all these big buildings going up, including student housing. Well, that's a whole other show. But it's all these massive buildings, right? You see all that, right? And then you go to our our athletic complex, and it looks it, it, it does it's not even it's a tell of, it's a tell of two cities. It's like Charles Dickens' novel. It's a tell of two cities right now. So what needs to happen? Um, General Assembly, we're paying your salaries. You represent us. Um, we don't work for you. You work for us. You need to go in there, change the law, so that state-supported schools can take state money. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing illegal about that. Other states like that's why we're getting killed in the American. You look at Florida, you look at other states, they allow a whole bunch of money, public money, and they're public. there's nothing wrong with public and private partnership of coming together. There's nothing wrong with There's nothing illegal about that. But we're at a disadvantage to begin with in American before COVID. Um, before, even if we had Terry Holland or, the Be- or John Gilbert, Ryan Robinson now, if we had none of that, the problems we've been through, we would still be at a disadvantage because of the state laws that need to be changed. And look, Carolina, you look at NC State, a lot of the big programs that you love in the General Assembly, they're hurting too. They're they're hurting too. Even with their Power 5 money, they're hurting. Um, so what you need to do is change the law. And when you do that, then that's fair. Because if these big buildings for academics, academics and athletics go hand in hand. And I'm just it's, it's so frustrating to see where uh, John Gilbert and Ryan Robinson – um, they're at a disadvantage as the heads of the program um, for athletics. I will give them, I'm fair with them on that because um, they need help there. And the way they could do it is uh, when you talk about indoor practice facility, um, you look at all the upgrades to uh, Williams, Williams arena is 25 years old guys. It's not, it wasn't built last year. And our basketball program is on the rise. Thanks to coach Dooley and the staff. And like you Kyle, there's some adjustments that need to be made. Um, there's things that they can do um, to that. 
But anyway, we want to make sure that everybody knows about We Believe. Call the Pirate Club, and I'll we'll get that for you in just a second, that number again. But it's really important that you do that because if you do that, if we can raise millions of dollars, hey, look at the – we're not going to talk politics, but hey, Kyle, look at the political – Look at these uh, political campaigns, $5, $10, and they're raising big money. You can do that, too, in Pirate Nation, $5, mm-hmm. $10 at a time. And we've got a, one of the things that drives me crazy about our institution, and it's not directed at the administration now. So let me be very clear on that. That's been going on forever, is we're stuck in our ways. We're stuck in this old business model that does not work. If, if somebody only has $5 to give, take the money. Take the money, even if you have no benefits for them, five, ten dollars here, hundred dollars. If you can give five million dollars, whatever you can give, we really need to. Um, if you if you don't believe me and you're saying why are you talking about that, look at the scoreboard. We have that up at the top of the screen. Thirty-eight to two lane, twenty-one pirates. Don't think that money doesn't play any a part of that. Not only the great coaching, but Coach Mike Houston, they need an indoor practice facility, and guess who's going to pay for it. We pay for it. So I, yeah, I'm and, and, and right now I'm giving a lot of money um, to the, because I can, and uh, things are a lot better financially for me this year, believe it or not. So I've, up, I've increased my giving. I'm going to give to the, we believe campaign because everybody needs, we're not talking about, and we said this before Kyle too, and we'll get back to the game, but the very fact that um, there are people that lost their jobs. We're not talking about people that lost their job. You need to take care of your family. We're not talking about you. But there's, if you look at that scoreboard again at the top of the screen, if that doesn't bother you, it's not because of Mike Houston. Don't blame Mike Houston, the staff. Don't blame John Gilbert and Ryan Robinson. It's, it starts with us, the fans. It starts with us to give. And this isn't a professional football team. The only way we're going to make it is if we have people giving money. We've got to have a Pirate Club director. Uh, we've got to have a Pirate Club director in there, a really good one. Um, that's a whole nother show, so to speak, but we've got to get that in there because if we don't have money, then we don't have a program. So I don't understand why that's not a um, important thing. And I'm hoping that we will get that here. It's, uh, it's almost a new year in 21. We need to have the pirate club director, uh, in there ASAP people, in the pirate club are tremendous, but they need a leader. And we, as fans, there's a whole bunch of fans that are watching people that I talk to. No surprise. They're not members of the pirate club. They do buy their season tickets. We understand all that, but we've got to have more people giving. And if you don't give, it's kind of like voting. If you don't give, then you don't have a reason to complain about that score yesterday. No, I agree. And uh, we we definitely need uh, everybody to contribute, not only to the annual fund, but uh, to the We Believe program um, or the We Believe fundraiser and uh, help this program survive. I mean, yeah. That's what we're, we're in right now. We're in survival mode. It, we we need to. We, we, we what we got to do is make up for lost revenue, and yeah. uh, it's it's not our decision to have seven percent capacity. That that's at a state level. Believe me, we would love to have had more fans in there yesterday. So uh, don't hold that against the university. I saw somebody that was angry about that on Facebook. That said we'll start giving money when we start going to games again. Well, you oh, ignorant oh, ass. It's it's not. It's not the choice of the university. That's not their fault. That's not their fault. Exactly. That's not their fault. And COVID, um, and by the way, Kyle, Friday, um, coronavirus, new record, ladies and gentlemen, 126,000 cases. And guess what? I see a lot of people. You don't wear a mask. I love you. I love you. 
But when you don't wear a mask, guess what? The numbers are going to keep going up, and that's going to hurt us deep into 21. We can't keep afford it. We can't afford to have another year of COVID and another year of COVID and another year of COVID because you want it your way. And um, I'm not getting political. All I will say is uh, it's been way too political on that thing. But coronavirus is real. I've had two people on it personally that have died from it. Lots that have got coronavirus. It's for real. It's not going away. The only way we beat it is if you do what they tell you to do. And it's not about control, politics, anything. Um, we've got to eradicate that disease. That's affecting a lot of things, including jobs. Look at um, the administration. They had to furlough more people. That's sad. That's pathetic that it's come to that. And uh, again, Kyle, you brought it up. It's a great point. I had thought about it uh, a few weeks ago. We have Thanksgiving, Christmas. We have holiday parties. We have New Year's coming up. But that period of like about a six-week period, five or six-week period, is going to dictate whether we might have a baseball season or not. Um, a lot of things could happen to the university. More sports cut. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm telling you. Um, we've got a critical period. I know you're. Who wants to wear a mask? None of us want to wear. Yeah, a mask. I, I know. Yeah, Dave, you're right. But let's not get too far off on a tangent here. People, 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 uh, people are tuning in to hear us talk about pirate football. But wear your, wear your mask, people. Uh, and uh, let's hope we can play basketball and baseball. And next season, we can have people in stands for football. Um, um, that pirate club member, by the way, we, we cannot it. we cannot afford another season with no football with no fans in the stands for football. Exactly. We'd be done. That Pirate Club number, by the way, folks, 252-737-4540. 252-737-4540. Let's talk again about that game yesterday. Um, you know, the, um, the thing that's very frustrating is that very thing of what we've known all along. Uh, the line play, we talked about that. And if, um, you know, Kyle, you brought it up, a great point is that if Holton has time, then we have a running game. The running game sets up the the um, the passing game, and it, it starts with the run. Houston is old school running game and defense. And well, two, Tulane had the ability to take the run away because of their D line, and uh, told Holton to beat them. And uh, because of our O line, they couldn't. They brought pressure, and uh, that was kind of that. Um, the receivers really didn't step up and have a good game either, with the exception of Prol. Uh, CJ Johnson, maybe, you know, and I'm not taking a shot at CJ, but, uh, maybe CJ Johnson will, will live up to his ability, uh, and his potential one day this year, uh, cause he hasn't yet. So I'm challenging you, CJ, uh, you had a, you had a big game last year against Cincinnati. Uh, let's see if you can do it again. Cause so far this year you, you have underperformed and, well, uh, and that's not, that's not saying anything negative about CJ. That's, uh. That, that's because I, I agree. I, I believe he has a lot of talent, and I believe he can be one of the all-time greats at receiver at East Carolina. But uh, he hadn't done it yet this year. He he has not had that game, and uh, so I'm challenging him uh, to, to l- let's 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 see if uh, if you can be the receiver we all thought you could be last year. And I believe I believe he can. I, I definitely believe he can. And uh, you know, um, Prol had a good game yesterday, particularly in the fourth quarter. Um, Sneed, it, that was the oof, that, that those linebackers. It, that was not a good matchup for Sneed yesterday. Um, they uh, they took Sneed out of the game. Um, well, and another thing you were talking about, um, you were talking about CJ. It is true that he's got to improve, it is true that he's got to open. But what happened was last year he was new, so nobody knew anything about him. Well, now 
the defense have had they've had a year to study him. And yes, he does have to react to that. But in fairness, it's not that he's performing poorly. It's the defensive they've wised up to him. And, and if you're gonna if you're gonna be a star receiver, do you not think that you, do you not think that the uh, that the defense realized Justin Hardy and Dwayne Harris? No, I know that. And uh, you know, so and he's got a, he's Larry got Shannon, and Troy Smith, and right. And they they knew they were good receivers. I know. I'm saying, don't get off the don't get off the CJ bandwagon. I'm not. I, I, I'm I'm telling. I, I'm challenging CJ to 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 be what I believe he can be. And he's going to be great. By the way, uh, William Grant, Bubba Grant. Hey, how are you doing, man? Let's put that up there on the screen. All interested parties should call the Pirate Club again two five two seven three seven forty five forty or via email at ecu pirate club at ecu edu. If you're just joining us, we have the we. Uh, we believe campaign is a fundraiser for the Pirates, uh, for ECU, for the athletic program. And again, if you have five dollars, ten dollars, if we uh, just like we saw with the politics, we saw a whole bunch of giving of people. They're giving small amounts, and all the way, and that's been going on for since really two thousand four. But that's a whole other show. We're not getting into the political side of things. Just want to mention that we could take that model of politics of what they're doing in the political world and bring that to East Carolina. We don't have to wait for NC State or North Carolina. Uh, let's go ahead and do that. Talking about the game, Kyle, I thought that um, I thought as far as uh, John Young, uh, as far as the punting game is concerned, he's hurt. Um, Luke Larson came in. I thought that overall, there he's playing. Yeah, it was it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, it was the fine. Punny, the punting game, they, nobody got a punt block. Nobody shanked the right. kicks. I mean, it, it it didn't blow anybody away, but it was fine. It was adequate. It didn't lose the game for us. Yeah, you look um, at the, uh, the and another thing that you notice. Uh, I want to get your take, and maybe the um, people watching right now can comment on this. But you can tell this team is still young because you mentioned the point earlier in the show um, for people that didn't hear about this. Uh, the defense got frustrated, and that's when you get frustrated and you don't get your head, keep your head in the game. Then that is when those X plays start to happen. And yes, the D line and O line uh, they were very good. But um, I think the effort I would, you know, Coach Houston, they, they chart every time you loaf. And I would just love to hear what he has to say um, tomorrow night on the. Um, I think they got tired. I think they got tired and got frustrated as they were getting tired. The defense, that is. Um, hands off to the offense for not giving up. I'll say that about about uh, about the offense and the defense to an extent. They got a nice fourth down stop in the fourth quarter. Um, so. You know, so at times the defense, I don't think they ever gave up. I think they got tired and frustrated. Uh, the offense played like crap, and that was mainly because of Tulane's defense. They, but in the fourth quarter, they had their bright spots. Um, I thought early in the game, um, when it was seven-seven, when uh, when we two we had we stopped Tulane a couple times in a row, and we had the ball close to midfield, uh, maybe on uh, maybe on the Tulane side of the field actually. And we went forward on fourth and one, yeah. holding through instead of being able to run and get the first down. Um, I thought that was a big play in the game. I think had we been able to finish that drive and got a touchdown, and it gave them it went up fourteen seven. It would have given us some momentum, and it would have been a different game. It would have obviously been a different game. I think oh, we'd yeah. have been able to score. I don't. I don't know that the outcome would have been any different, but the the score would have been much closer. Um, it would but, be a quarter game, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, things like that matter. One or two plays makes a difference. And, uh, you know, they hit some big plays on us 
against our defense offensively, like I said, when they got tired and frustrated. And uh, and I kind of think that's kind of what they want to do. Uh, I think their offense is kind of designed to nickel and dime you, nickel and dime you, nickel and dime you, then hit a big play. That's kind of what they want to do. They did what they wanted to do. That's the best way to put it. They executed yeah. their game plan to perfection, uh, and they outperformed us. That that loss yesterday, you know, the Tulsa game and the, and the Navy game bothered me a lot more because we should have won the games, yeah. even though you felt better after those games because right. because you, you played well. They were harder to get over. This one, you don't feel so good after it. But there's no question why we lost yesterday. We, we, got, we got beat by a better football team. Yeah, and that's the same thing with fans. Uh, don't get in the panic room like you were talking about early. Uh, we're looking ahead. But Cincinnati, man, they are a really good football team. And I'll tell you one thing. Uh, we'll talk. I guess we can. Are you ready to start talking some other football? Yeah, I mean, we might as well. We'll, 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 yeah. we'll, we'll touch on Cincinnati and then talk about some of the other games and get out of here. Yeah. Cincinnati, um, exactly. Cincinnati, for me, how do you feel with the, with the coaching job, Luke Fickle? They're a few years ahead of us. And so that's why when we played them. You think? Yeah, last year we uh, we almost blew off the upset. You know, yep. shocking. I don't see that happening two years in a row. Uh, their defense this year is they're even their I, defense is even better, don't you think? They have the best defense in college football. I mean, uh, you tell me who's got a better defense than them. Um, the, the, this is the last three weeks. They held LC, they held SMU to fourteen, SMU to fourteen. Right. They, had, Which, they held oh, Memphis. Oh, oh. That's right, Memphis to ten. And they held Houston to 10. 10 That's yes. what they've done the last three weeks, okay? We might get shut out. Um, and their defense, a- they're averaging 12, yeah. giving up 12 points a game. Uh, the best defense in college football. Uh, scary good. Scary good on defense. Offensively, they don't have to do a lot. They, they, they can score points, particularly if you turn the ball over and give them extra possessions. But they don't have to do a lot on offense. Right. Because their defense is scary good. Yeah. So um, it will take a superb effort, and our offensive line is going to have to grow up a lot this week to be competitive in that football game. Um, yeah. A lot. Yeah, that's that's exactly what right when you talk about the Navy game when the conference would not let Holt Naylor's play, um, and I'm sorry, that's going to be a win. And you look at the uh, Tulsa game; we got robbed. And having a statement doesn't bring back the game. And then so that's two wins right there. You look at COVID, the COVID situation, we lose a month of play pretty much. So there's a lot of factors going on why things are the way they are. And we just have to accept not uh, – we don't need to accept losing. That's not it. But we also need to understand where we are with the program. You know, if this is 2013 or 2014, and we've all still not believe in 2014 anyway at overtime, but uh, it was like a – Three-point game, I think, but um, something like how to look at again. Uh, Bubba was the numbers guy, but we lost. Oh, well, we lost over the interregulation on the field goal. Okay, it was interregulation. I knew we lost by three. Uh, I believe that was right. But anyway, my point is, is that this is a completely different football for Tulane uh, team, and then then wow, the- dude, everybody knows Tulane's good man. I mean, they're in the top ten. I mean, that, the, Tulane has a chance. You know, I think last night in Notre Dame beating Clemson might have screwed oh, that yeah. up for them. But Tulane has a chance. Excuse me, Tulane. Cincinnati has a chance to make the playoffs. Um, I think if they go undefeated, they. I, I really thought until last night they had a legitimate chance. I think with Notre Dame beating Clemson, what's going to end up happening is Clemson 
will 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 get their win back against Notre Dame in the ACC championship, right. and then you're going to have a one loss Notre Dame be the four seed in the playoffs, and Clemson be the two seed, Alabama the one, and Ohio State the three, and uh, Cincinnati's going to get left out. If Clemson would have beaten Notre Dame yesterday, um, and they right. beat them again in the championship, I think Cincinnati, had they ran the table, would have made the playoffs this year. But I think. Uh, I think what happened yesterday in the ACC kind of has uh, screwed up Cincinnati's chances. That I hadn't thought about that till just now, but that's perfect. I was going to talk about Clemson, Notre Dame, and uh, COVID messed up. Uh, <laughs> that would have been that would have messed every, uh, that would have uh, helped with Trevor Lawrence. If had, Trevor Lawrence is there, there's no question. I mean, oh, they, they won. Yeah, they, they won. I mean, think about it. that's that's how scary Clemson is to think about. You don't have your star quarterback, but you you almost beat the number uh, four team on the road at their house at Notre Dame, South Bend. I mean, that's just crazy good how Dabo Sweeney, you look at that game. Here's another one. Um, let's talk about this game, too. The one that I w- I'm surprised, but yet I'm not surprised, is uh, we've been talking about one of our candidates we had. If you have a laundry list of people. Uh, and you asked me, would I take this candidate? And I said, yes, as a head coach, when we were going through a coaching Yeah, yeah he phrased Liberty. Yeah. I mean, come on now. Come on now. Liberty. Yeah. Liberty. Yeah, he's he's done a great play. job. Look, Liberty's got a lot of money. They're spending a lot of money. Um, I, I know that they're – million. Uh, How about that, my friend? $100 million on athletics. I know oh, Liberty, yeah. uh, Liberty philosophically – a lot of people don't agree with them being a uh, evangel uh, coming from a being a school that's from an evangelical background. Um, I, uh, I I tell you, they're going to be good. They're going to be good as long as they want to invest in athletics. So they got a lot of money to spend, and uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see down the line if the American ever decides to expand. But anyway, uh, yesterday Liberty takes on Virginia Tech. Uh, crazy ending. Um, Virginia Tech or Liberty. Um, had a chance to basically, they were tied. Liberty and Virginia Tech were tied. Um, you know, Liberty had a uh, poor clock, or Liberty had poor clock management, scored too fast. Virginia Tech, um, sorry, what in the world? <laughs> I was trying to get, put up the scoreboard so I could talk about every single game and had one of those videos that popped up. I'm sorry about that. Apologize. Anyway, anyway, long story short, Liberty poor poor clock management by Liberty, but then they they end up in a situation where they're going to have the chance to kick a long field goal to beat the Hokies and uh, 59 yarder. It gets blocked. Virginia Tech runs it back. You think, oh my God, the Hokies still won. Lo and behold, Justin Fuentes had called a timeout right before Liberty kicked the ball. Yeah. And uh, so the, the, the play didn't count. The play didn't count. And uh, you, uh, you – so Liberty gets the ball, you know, gets, gets to do it all over again. And on fourth down this time, they decide to throw for the first down. They uh, they pick up the first down and plus three more yards. And now they're trying a 50-yard field goal instead of a 59-yard field goal and uh, kick it and win it. So uh, – very, uh, very weird ending to that game. Um, I, you know, I, I'm kind of almost of the opinion that, um, man, I, I you know, y- y- you don't know what to do in that situation. It, it, the timeout was called, but they didn't get it buzzed down in time because of the stupid electric whistles. You kind of wonder at that point if there should be a rule in place for this year only. Of course, it's too late now. 
because of those electric whistles where you just let the play stand and Virginia Tech wins the game. But you know what, Ben, we all feel like we do, and you want to see the underdog win, and no love lost for Virginia Tech anymore for Pirate fans. Uh, I think we're all okay with uh, with them losing to the Flames, and huge win for Liberty's program. They're, they they proved that they legitimately belong in the top 25, and uh, they, uh, who man, they, they may go undefeated, and uh, win over Virginia Tech, win over Syracuse, uh, who would have thunk it? Uh, they're paying Hugh Freeze pretty good money, but you've got to think some Power Five school is going to come calling, uh, even with his background with what happened at Ole Miss. But uh, I think, yeah. congratulations to the Flames. Yeah, and that that, that situation is such that um, I think that that situation is in the past, and let the past be the past. And you know, you you take a guy like Freeze, my guy. You want to talk about recruiting? Um, he's a guy that could easily get a power five job, but let's say um, that a American or a strong um, conference in the group of five comes to call in. I just still- don't think they can pay him any more than Liberty's going to pay him, Dave. Well, that's another thing. And, and the other thing with Liberty is the very fact that, um, yeah, you know, somebody, yeah, you know, we were told he's making around $2 million a year at Liberty. So if they're paying him that much, it's going to take a power five school to, to get him to leave. Yeah, and again, like I said, they have an indoor practice facility. They have a um, uh, hundred. Uh, I think there was a uh, hundred million dollars. Damian Sordelet told us the beat writer for uh, Liberty, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood. So, I mean, you're talking a, a lot of cash. Even that's that's even big money, Power Five money um, that they have, and that's just what they've you know given. I mean, they've got a whole pot of cash that they were the ones that they're the ones who started distance learning way, way back a different form before internet. They had distance learning for a long, long time. That's where they made their cash. Yeah. And so um, for people getting the degrees, people like you and me that say, Hey, we want to go back and get this degree counseling or different things. And that's where they've made their money. And so you have now a situation where they're doing well. So congratulations to them. We talked about the Clemson game. Were there other games that you want to talk about that, that stand out to you? Well, I didn't get a chance to see it, but Florida beating Georgia was obviously big for those guys in the SEC. Kind of, It definitely knocks Georgia out of contention for the playoffs. Uh, kind of maybe puts Florida in contention for the playoffs. A big win for the Gators. Yeah, um, BYU uh, just beat the holy hell out of Boise State Friday night. Uh, I believe it was like 51-17. to 17. That's correct. So, uh, Boise State needs to stay far, far away from the top 25 now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what else comes to mind? Um, we mentioned Cincinnati blowing out Houston yesterday. Uh, still got that big win. You were talking about it as a team. The reason I brought them up is we're not. Who did you mention? Uh, Marshall over oh, UMass. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, the game UMass that you, awful. Um, that's a team that we could have potentially. The reason I brought that game up is that we're not going to play them. Uh, maybe a good thing, but uh, UMass, if they could, if we could get them December fifth, that would be fantastic. I don't know what their schedule. Sure. Uh, they're open. They're open on the fifth as of right now. So yeah, um, I, that, well, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be in favor of that. Um, I, uh, uh, what else comes to mind? Um, uh, Baylor, uh, Baylor, and uh, Iowa State had a great finish uh, in Ames, Iowa yeah. State. Yeah, good game. Um, I saw the end of that one. Um, SMU beat Temple 47-23. Yeah, pretty dominant performance. Uh, South Florida almost pulled off a huge upset yesterday. They uh, 
they 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 led that whole game till the very end, and uh, Memphis found a way to beat South Florida at the end. But that was almost a big win for the Bulls yesterday. Big um, win for uh, uh, Jimbo Fisher's getting it done that this year. Uh, I know it's South Carolina, but uh, that was a yeah. And M's playing good football. Three. Oh my. playing good football. Tennessee, uh, the Vols yesterday with a nice win over Arkansas. Yeah. Um, How about the Tar uh, Heels destroyed Duke in ACC play game of interest? Uh, App State, App State uh, got a win yesterday over uh, somebody in the Sun Belt. I don't remember who they played, uh, but another one. Um, Coastal Carolina still rolling, still in the top twenty-five. They beat South Alabama, so Coastal still looking good. Um, what about that win uh, for Miami's? Uh, had a scare against the Wolfpack. Was that Friday? Yeah, a good game Friday night. Um, the 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 pack led by ten in the fourth and. Miami managed to put it away late. They're not even put it away. Managed to win it late. So, uh, nice win by the Canes. Uh, Wolfpack gave them a good game. Um, yeah, oh, Big Ten. We'll talk a little Big Ten. Uh, Indiana. Okay. Indiana with the huge upset of Michigan. Uh, unfortunately, Maryland with the huge upset of Penn State. Um, so, weird things going on with the Big Ten. Ohio State still looks like Ohio State. Besides that, the Big Ten's kind of all over the place. By the um, way, um, Kyle, they have the coaches pull out. I was going to tell you really quick in your spot. I don't know if you saw that. It's their spot on. Uh, as of right now, of course, they haven't had the college football playoff um, rankings come out, but they have Alabama 1, Notre Dame 2, Ohio State 3, and Clemson 4 right now. And where's Cincinnati? Cincinnati 7. So you have Florida. Florida's now fifth. Uh, the coaches poll is uh, Texas A&M sixth. Uh, you have uh, – how about this? Well, Kyle? why don't you just put the whole damn SEC, you know? I mean, come on. Give me a break. You have, uh, Cincinnati, uh, you have Texas A&M six. Then you have Cincy at seven. How about this one for you, Kyle? Our buddies at uh, BYU are up to eighth this week. And wow. you have ninth for Miami. Uh, and how about – you were talking about one of the – it's been coming. It's not like it's overnight success, but – Indiana at 10th this week is uh, that that program three and oh, of course, they beat that. That is a weird looking top 10 right there. Uh, you you got uh, you got Indiana, Cincinnati, BYU all in the top 10. And uh, you know, I don't really know, and I'm gonna say this, and this is no disrespect to BYU. BYU is a good football team, BYU hadn't played anybody. I mean, Boise State is unproven this year, boy. That was the second game of the year for Boise State. So BYU may be a little overrated at the number eight, but it's not their fault. It's not their fault. They uh, they they played the schedule they could put together. They had a very tough schedule scheduled for the beginning of the year and uh, lost it all because of COVID. So it's not their fault that they hadn't played anybody. But yeah. I'm not sure BYU is truly the eighth best team in college football. I don't want to play them because they look really good. They're they awesome. literally played nobody. Um, so, I mean, I uh, they destroyed Boise. Um, but you know, I, yeah, that'll yeah. be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, if if they'll give BYU an at-large bid into the New Year Six Bowl, um, uh, I, I I wonder if they will. They they you know they do have a, a I I don't know how many fans are gonna be allowed at bowls this year. That is one thing BYU does have is a large fan base. And just so everybody knows, and and I think most Pirate fans are smart enough to know this. Mm-hmm. BYU is not eligible for the New Year's Six spot that goes to the group of five. That's there right. are a lot of people that believe they are. They are not. They are not in a group of five conference. 
they are they they are not competing for Cincinnati with Cincinnati for that spot. If Cincinnati wins out and doesn't make the playoffs, or even if they don't win out, even if they lose one, right? Uh, they're they're going to get the, uh, the 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 group of five playoff spot as long as they win the conference. And let's say Cincinnati loses the conference championship game, uh, then it would go to whoever wins the American or potentially the Mountain West champion. It would not go to BYU. BYU will That's never liberty, be eligible right? for the uh, group of six playoff spot or group of six bowl spot, the New Year's Six Bowl. So yeah. uh, if, if BYU is going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl, it's going to have to be in that large. Um, now, Cincinnati versus BYU would be pretty fun. Yeah, it would. And, and, I, and uh, no disrespect to the Cougars, but um, I know how much they love their program and they, they're a team, this uh, branding team that got left out of the whole autonomy five mess and power five mess. Um, but they're going to have to find a conference because, and I think it's our conference, uh, maybe I'm biased, but uh, they're going to get left out. And, you know, the sad thing is, is that that very point then. Well, I, I think this year will be the year that they'll, we'll find out if they really need to find a conference. If, if they go undefeated and they don't get an at-large to a New Year's Six Bowl, eh, then they may realize that they need to find a conference because they make a lot of money as an independent. They don't make Notre Dame money, but they make a lot of money as an independent. And they can put together a nice schedule uh, normally. Um, so, I, I, you know, this, this is going to be kind of – it's going to be interesting to see how things play out if they will be given an at-large spot in the uh, New Year's Six. And it's a weird year, but uh, congrats to the Cougs for taking care of business. They got two games left on their schedule. Uh, they got North Alabama and San Diego State. Um, I thought San Diego State might be a game, give them a game, and they still might. But uh, San Diego State got waxed by San Jose State. And uh, it's one other team we'll talk about. How about San Jose State undefeated? Looking like they're going to win the Mountain West this year. I can't, um, I can't believe that. That guy's a good coach. I, I remember when they hired him, I watched his first game as a coach three years ago, and I thought, man, they look really fundamentally sound. I like what they're doing. They just ain't got a talent. And three years later, here they are rolling through the Mountain West. So uh, g- good for the uh, Spartans of San Jose State. Um, and there's a team right there. If Cincinnati goofs up and loses the conference championship game, you, you, San Jose State's undefeated. They they would probably get that spot if they win the Mountain West. So, yeah, you're right. You're I've heard a lot of about again about BYU, and the same thing uh, can be said about Liberty. So another uh, they're they're making tons of money, but how much um, would they make if they joined a, a league? Uh, Liberty's better off as an independent because um, Liberty's the only leagues that are interested in them or Conference USA, and the, well, potentially Conference USA, but the Sun Belt, and they turned the Sun Belt down. Um, uh, Conference USA may be interested now, but I don't think they – Liberty is better off as an independent unless they can get it to the American. I, yeah. I truly believe that. Well, um, we definitely we definitely have our work cut out for us. Uh, are you going to – with the remaining minutes we have, you want to talk a little pre um, – preview early preview with Cincinnati I think it's going to be I know you talked about it Luke Fickle has a great program and then you look at the situation it's on the road it's a Friday night by the way we'll have coverage uh the Mike Houston uh, press conference by the way folks is tomorrow uh, so we'll have I'll we'll have all that um, we'll have a Tuesday show for us plus we have the coordinators on Tuesday 
And then on Wednesday, what would normally be the uh, Coach uh, Mike Houston press conference will be bumped up a day because the game is Friday night on the road in Cincy. So I just want to remind fans, programming note, make sure that you know that everything's bumped up one day that normally we would have. And, of course, we'll have our Pirate Preview, I'd imagine, on Wednesday um, or definitely Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday, we're working on that right now. So we've got all those programming uh, notes out of the way. And, Kyle, as far as Cincy, what do you, what do you have to say about them? I still think it's a supreme effort. Uh, Cincinnati's the best of all thing we played this year. Um, offensive line's going to have to grow up a lot. Uh, <laughs> last year, we came close against them. I think that had a lot to do with uh, Cincinnati not being uh, in that game mentally. Um, so maybe again, maybe Cincinnati, uh, they've had three big games in a row. They've taken on uh, SMU, Memphis, and Houston three straight weeks. So this is a Friday night. Maybe this is the week they kind of Decided to take off and take the foot off the gas and go through the Never motions. Done. And, uh, you know, I think that would be our best chance to be competitive. Um, I, I would expect uh, the line's probably coming out right about now. I would expect this to be about a 31-point underdog, anywhere between 21 and 31. Um, it's going to take a supreme effort on our part to pull off an upset. Uh, it, 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 they got a hell of a defense, the best defense I've seen in college football this year. I agree with you, and and you know how much I'm a half <laughs> half full kind of guy when it comes to glass half full. But realistically, it's going to be really difficult to win on the road, and then you have, we have a terrible record in the American on the road. I, I don't know that on the road makes a difference. Um, I, 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 yeah, I really I think with the, of, with the exception of Georgia State, I think we've played better on the road this year. Um, so uh, I don't know that that makes much difference, but. <laughs> they're good man they're good really good yeah so don't uh don't give up on the program uh we're going to go ahead and pre-warn you that for for those that are probably watching this anyway or listening to our show they know how great cincinnati is and uh, what uh, this program has become over the last few years under luke fickle um before we go too i want to mention a very sad note thanks to you guys for letting me know because you guys may know how much i love game shows and love Jeopardy. Alex Trebek, we found out right before we were going on the on the program, passed away. Uh, he's had a battle for, what, the last couple of years with uh, cancer. And he uh, died peacefully at his home at the age of 80. And if you know anything about me, I love that show. I'm not good enough to be on that show. <laughs> I know my limitations. I tried out for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire five years ago. And uh, it was, uh, I got a reality check. So, um but anyway, we're going to miss Alex Trebek. He's been doing the show since like 83. I think I was 10 when they started that show. So it'll be interesting to see. Do you have any um, anybody that uh, I'm going to throw a curveball at you, but do you have anybody or do you care who is the next host of Jeopardy? Uh, I, I, you know, um, maybe, uh, maybe uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the guy who, uh, Chris Jennings? No, not Chris Jennings. Um, ben Jennings? Yeah, yeah, Jennings, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll take that. Uh, that's yeah, fair. I, I, I like think uh, producing now the show. Yeah, he is, and I think um, I, you know, I don't know his personality if his personality is conducive to hosting, but I think that's I think if his personality is conducive to hosting, I think that is who most people would accept as host. He is the name most most associated with Jeopardy outside of Alex Trebek. I, I think if if he can do it, I mean, he you got to have a certain personality to be a game show host. If he can do it. He is, he is who most people would accept in that role. Um, besides that, I, I, I would begin to, to tell you who, who would be the, uh, 
the next best person to host Jeopardy. Yeah, and uh, it's one of those things that you don't want to see your favorite uh, co- uh, TV host pass away or leave the show, retire. He he did a really, you have to say, one thing about Alex Trebek, he, no matter how sick he was, he was still sharp. He looked fantastic. Yeah, pancreatic uh, cancer is, is, is a bitch, man. Yeah. It, it is, it is yeah. you, you don't survive it. And uh, it's it's terrible that uh, and he lived, took him out. He had stayed poor for like two years. I mean, it was a long yeah. time. I thought that he would pass away sooner, and I'm glad that we had him for an extra season or two. And personally, too, uh, it seems like a really nice guy and a great guy. So we're going to miss Alex Trebek a lot, and we'll see who is the host. And you have a great one, which I've thought about, uh, Kyle with Ken Jennings. So we'll see how uh, that plays out. We'll give a – uh, with all our programming coming up, we've got a lot of stuff. And uh, by the way, we're going to also be doing a um, Bubba's been working behind, really hard behind the scenes with the college uh, basketball preview that we're working on in the next week or so. We'll drop that podcast. Uh, we'll be talking to Coach Joe Dooley on Tuesday and we'll record that and uh, we'll have that for you very soon. We also have Chris Diba. Uh, they have a great uh, win, the notable Kyle, we have on Tuesday night. Um, you know, we do ECU stuff. It's not a sports-related thing, although I think they're going to help out the Pirate Club, by the way, Kyle. Um, there's a great scholarship. It's called the Beacon Scholarship, and they do much more than that. Um, but the Beacon Scholarship, essentially, we'll get Chris to talk to us about that. Uh, we'll have that for you Tuesday as well. Uh, basically, what it is, imagine if you're a local kid in North Carolina, they're using a, a scholarship to help compete against, say, an Appalachian State or Wilmington um, they're doing that to help you. Uh, it's right now, just tuition alone is $4,000 a year. You have a 3.0 GPA. They give you a grand uh, for every year. That So if you do that, I guess, freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year, you could, that would help you with $4,000 uh, total. So $1,000 a year towards the tuition. Every little bit helps, but they're doing that. We'll be talking to Chris on Tuesday. We'll have that on our Tuesday show. Kyle, do you have anything before we go? I know, man. Just uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Uh, at the Sports OBJ is uh, the Sports Objective on Facebook, and uh, also go check out our YouTube channel. All right, and we'll uh, do that. Appreciate everybody so much for all their their time and uh, following the show. Like you said, oh yeah, and, and guys, anybody that watches us on Facebook Live, if you ever want to just listen to the audio, we are still these shows are always put together and put out still be a traditional podcast format. I mean, so you can always listen to us through your favorite podcast player. That's right. Grover. But if you add all the social media in with uh, favorite platforms, Apple, Google, the like, and Amazon, we recently added it's well over 20. So we're everywhere. There's no excuse not to be able to listen to the podcast, but you can watch us uh, archived. Even if you can't catch it live, uh, Facebook and our YouTube channel as well. All right, uh, for Bubba, Ro- Bubba Rosenbaum, Kyle Barber, I'm Dave Richmond. You've been watching and listening to the Sports Objective Podcast, the Pirate uh, Football Playback. Our Pirates lose 38-21. to 21. Good luck to them this week against Cincinnati, and we'll be seeing you very soon right here. Good day, and go Pirates! <laughs>